It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Walk to Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Ooh, <laughs> and Josh Brown. Spooky. Terrifying sounds echoing from the remnants of Halloween that was only this last weekend, which it feels like it was a lifetime ago. It feels like we did a hell of a lot of stuff across the weekend. I'm still recovering, as you can hear, um, but we thought we'd break down a whole bunch of different horror games of 2021. Maybe some stuff that you haven't played, maybe some slightly more overlooked stuff, because everybody checked out Resident Evil 8, but that doesn't mean that they don't have time to check out Mundawn, to check out Visage, <laughs> to check out Alan Wake Remastered, which is the first thing we're going to touch on, because um, all three of us have bought it. Now, I've not fired it up very much, um, but I did go through the original Alan Wake just earlier this year. Uh, ben Roy, you're the biggest Alan Wake fan that I know. Is it any good? Finished it, mate. Great. I love the new Alan <laughs> face. It, Went back to some videos to check out his old. It's, it's like Alan got on like uh, I don't know a treadmill or something. He's lost a bit of um, <laughs> pixelated podge in his face, and then got some more stubble. It's, it's like he went through from a teenager to a to a, an older gentleman who had mm-hmm. seen some stuff and lived out some years. And uh, I appreciated that the touch ups, some of the, like, all the cutscenes and the adjustments of like the the darks look more dark and it just it's like about that just it feels more like it doesn't it, a level design wise it feels a bit stuck in the past but everything else feels nice and fresh did they do like much more to like the guts of it other than like because obviously alan got a new face model but is there other stuff that's like notably different well on playstation 5 uh there's a whole the whole point is that you hold the torch up to the uh taken and then they all die mm. not um liam neeson's taken but the great thing about the dual sense is you can hold the trigger just enough back and it gives you the resistance at the point where mm. you don't use your torch power. You just sort of blind them for a second, which is very handy and works really well. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I saw that they did like, I mean, I, just for Alan Wake itself, it feels like it deserves a much wider audience, that kind of thing. It's one of those games you don't realize was attached to the Xbox for so long. Josh, you're a big old Alan Wake fan. I am. It's been um, a long time coming coming back to Alan Wake because I I remember where I was when I bought it. It wasn't at launch, and I had to decide whether to buy. Uh, I think it was. It was 2010. I might have got it a year later because I was deciding in Asda whether <laughs> to buy um, Bioshock 2 or Alan Wake, and I'm forever grateful that I went for Alan Wake because I absolutely loved it at the time. I played it twice, but haven't touched it since, and it's kind of occupied the space in my mind of being this almost legendary horror game to me. I love the setting. I love the characters. I thought it was just so atmospheric and cool, so I was approaching this remaster with a little bit of a uh, 
trepidation almost because <laughs> I was thinking, how can it possibly live up to, um, you know, the ideas of it that I had in my head? And it's been really interesting going back to it. I'm only um, a couple of um, episodes in, as they mm-hmm. call it, a couple of chapters in. Um, but it's been really kind of great to get back in the swing of things, get it back into the flow of combat and kind of reappreciating this world now that I've seen all of its reference points and kind of experienced um, its inspirations firsthand that I hadn't quite done back mm. in the day. You know, obviously big uh, Twin Peaks inspiration, a lot of Stephen King in there, a lot of, uh, you know, like that stuff. So coming at it from that lens as a kind of more sophisticated horror aficionado, as you could say, has been um, an interesting experience because I have a few faults with it, but overall okay. it's been very, very enjoyable. The thing that I didn't like back in the day was like the whole, you've got to wound them with the light and then finish them off with like gunfire, which at the time I thought was a bit too repetitive, but going back to it like more recently, it is really satisfying and chunky. Like one thing that Remedy do better than so many other devs is really chunky third person combat. And I actually had a blast going through it uh, more recently. And like you said, it's more that like you've experienced a lot more of the things that it's pulling from. Um, and like, I, mean, I watched Twin Peaks, like I said, in between like when the original one came out. Um, what, were the, what were the faults that stood out to you? Um, kind of partly the gameplay, like you alluded to there, you know, back in the day, mm. the big criticism was that it got repetitive, that you were just, you know, blinding the enemies, you were getting down their kind of um, defenses, I suppose, that you were popping off a few shots. And I remember you kind of like poo-pooing the criticisms back in the day <laughs> and saying, no, this is awesome. It feels good. It feels weighty. Like you said, it felt very satisfying. Mm. And while it still does, I've kind of had more trouble with it this time around. You know, yeah. I feel it's felt a little bit clunkier, not quite as satisfying, but still overall good. I think that's more on account of it being an older game mm-hmm. rather than um, any faults that it might have made at the time. But it's still like incredibly atmospheric. The fact that there's like no hood, more or less, mm-hmm. for like most of the firefights, and you're literally using your torch as a cursor like that's awesome it makes you immersed in the thing and the weapons are cool you know using the hunting rifle to headshot someone knocking out a flare like i've used more tactics this time around Mm -hmm. it's felt satisfying to dispatch the taken i think for me as well at the story side of it uh, coming off max Payne, i wasn't ready for how more like interpretational or like crazier or um, I don't know, conceptual Alan Wake is, but like going back to it now, many years past, I, I think that is easily one of the best written games that like obviously the Remedy have ever done, but it's definitely way up there overall. Um, Benroy, what do you think of it going back into it from Control? Because you did the Alan Wake DLC for that as well. It's um, just, I, it's just certain things like uh, the collectible, the firmest, knowing that that's an uh, object of power now and just how like the Taken, I can't remember what the goblins in Control are called, but how like I can see sort of like the shadowness in them and they're just sort mm. of a different version of that sort of power and <clears throat> really just wanting to go, can't like not like, can't wait for these worlds to blend. Mm-hmm. Like I have one gripe as well. It's like, I wish they had updated this is Alan Wake uh, can't run to save his life. And, and that like, weird little like dad job <laughs> that he does. Yeah. And you can, you don't have to like, is I was, I would say, you don't have to fight everyone because you can just run away. But for the most part, you still, you're so slow that you can't really get away from the Taken unless you have got like a hundred flares to sort of like flay away through sort mm-hmm. of a combat zone. But um, going into this now, they don't really add it. There's like a few, uh, sorry, there are like uh, QR codes that I found that take you to secret YouTube videos on their channel, which That's um, really cool. are the... Um, in the original control you did see like the shadow of wake as you stand there like like a lot of the control cutscenes were but that you do get like secret shadowy cutscenes that are sort of like 
weirdly like alan from in the sunken place like uh it's, i don't think it's called the sunken place that's more um <laughs> get out but it is the uh not yeah, it's gal but that sort of like style of where he is come the end sorry spoiled a bit of a 10 year old game but also play some dlc because it changes up as well but i just can't wait to see these two worlds blend because alan and jesse don't play the same and i don't want them to play the same when yeah, yeah. they inevitably do sort of co like sort of come together and i i do like they've got that epic money right so we're getting an alawick two out of this weird epic money and i want to see if the um because i don't know if any of you played the uh the DLC or the what the American numbers that came after that, but they basically there's a thing towards the end of Alan Wake where it's like the the darkness is making a new Alan, they're called mm-hmm. Mister Scratch, and like how American Nightmare goes a bit more wacky and out there and brings all this like wild stuff from the DLC that we and then never got really in a full game. Mm-hmm. I hope that they sort of bring Mister Scratch as some sort of like uh big antagonist between like jesse and maybe there's an evil jesse that gets manifested out of this evil goose like, there's just so much they can go on i just hope that they get to go wild with it i do like the uh the remedy shared universe i just i don't know if there's a place in it for quantum break maybe that's one thing uh, if they want <laughs> if left behind if they want to pay microsoft for it basically at that point because there's a whole subplot in that where they're looking for alan wake in quantum break mm. And with like just Sam Lake standing there drinking some coffee and pulling the Max Payne <laughs> face, but, I, I like mean, just, it, they're like everybody yeah. sort of like you know sat out a lot of the years in gaming history. Like they made this massive splash with Max Payne, then there was a big old break. Max Payne three went to Rockstar, they came back with Alan Wake, but it was a platform exclusive. And then Control made a whole bunch of waves again. Quantum Break again, another platform exclusive. And it just feels like they deserve to be talked about more. Like Sam Lake is an incredible writer. Like they just, those games have such incredible tone. It's just yeah. it's a long time coming. They have so much personality to all the games, man. And that's what I kind of noticed going through this, you know, whether it's watching the, you know, really ridiculous uh, TV show, Night Falls, mm-hmm. I think it's called, or something like that. Night Bright Springs, Falls, I think it's called. Night Springs, Night completely Springs. got it wrong. Where am I getting those <laughs> words from? Uh, on the television, or whether you're listening to um, some of the townspeople phoning in on the radio station to talk about weird stuff that's going on. It mm. makes it feel like so unique and so full of personality. And also, um, you know, harkens back to a lot of its inspirations, you know, having watched a lot of horror movies at the weekend, you know, especially a lot of John Carpenter movies, like you can see like the inspirations like come through, but it's kind of like visual style in the kind of way that the town is like this small town thing. It's connected by the radio, it's connected by television. You can see all of the, um, like, what would would you call it? Like locations Mm. in the background and stuff from like the viewpoints. Like it's just such a compelling world um, to be in. And last night, I watched uh have you seen john carpenter's in the mouth of madness i have not yeah that has a very similar premise about a writer stephen king style writer whose work essentially starts coming true and you mm. follow one of the characters who's in one of those novels that he's writing and alan wake himself feels a lot like sam neill's character in that even though sam neill's character isn't the writer in this particular case and um, i realized that a lot of the personality traits kind of carried over and that kind of brings me to my question that i want to pose to you guys and that's how do you find alan wake as a character because this time around <laughs> i just thought you're a knobhead, but in a really good way, in a really I, kind of enjoyable, funny, um, arsehole way. I, I didn't get that the first time around. This is one I was thinking I wanted to jump to. I'm glad you sort of like teed it out there. Like 10 years later, a lot of things have happened in all of our lives in, in the past decade. And like the idea of him being sort of like a 
sort of a burnt out tired creative at the same time mm. being a dick about it, like walking around his apartment with sunglasses on i just like i vibed <laughs> i vibed with that so much and just him not really caring about a lot of people for the most part and just wanting to get through it himself and getting annoyed uh, with characters like cutouts characters like barry grounding him rather than sort of like ruining uh, being the the dick of it like alan just falling into i just don't care until like yeah it's like his heart has to grow three times that day for him to sort of like accept what's going on sort of thing it's just so funny i know i love that too i like that the writer uh, i love any flawed protagonist so like writing him is just like you said he's this sort of just knobhead full of himself i'm bigger than this small town style character who's um obviously like a parallel of the i guess like the likes of stephen king maybe even sam lake as he views himself maybe he's thought about himself over the years um and i love all that stuff give me any sort of dissection of any creative process and how completely overblown any any auteur can get with themselves with their own ego and uh, give me things like that so like yeah i think he's great i mean i love the fact that he just he has to put up with it he has to get he has to get through this one night where everything's kicking off and everything's blowing up all around him and everything um but yeah i mean at the time i i don't know if that was like the reason because it's not like max uh, alan wake is nowhere near as big as max Payne, and it was no. like that whole thing of like directly like compare and contrast to that those characters alan wake just didn't really take off at the time and obviously some of the some of that would be the platform exclusivity thing um but i think he's a really red like, dead redemption also red dead totally eclipsing it in 20 <laughs> the same day <laughs> yeah it didn't really help and it's just like one of those things where when you go back to it now like i said you sort of realize just how immaculate remedy are and always were um so yeah go check out alan wake alan wake remastered a little story about a writer who goes to a, an old school twin peak style town to recover their creative spark um, that game's brilliant. Next thing down that we've got is another old school style game uh, called The Medium, which is the sort of Silent Hill style uh, isometric horror from Bloober Team, where the um, the gimmick, let's say, is to split the game in two. It renders in two places at once, um, but not that m- many times during the story. It's more about just you're exploring this old, um, I think it's an old hospital or old asylum. Um, and at certain different points, Some, in that, yeah. yeah, it'll split to um, show you the old demon world and the regular world. But I love this return to old school horror. <laughs> I miss corridor crawling, isometric horror, where you can fill the frame with you can you can shoot a horror game that way in a way that you can't if the uh, the, the player is in control of the camera the whole time. Um, Josh, did you finish the medium? Yes, very recently. It was uh, one thoughts, of the. Pal? was one of the first games that I played when I got my Xbox Series mm. X. And I'd heard you two talk about it, obviously. I know you really enjoyed it earlier on yeah. this year, Scott, when it first came out. Uh, and I liked Bloober Team and the developers mm. who have done, you know, Layers of Fear, other games that I'm forgetting right now, but other good <laughs> horror Witch. games. Blair Witch, that's it. And uh, I thought this was like a step up, especially from the production value. Like you said, you know, it's going for this kind of old school, not quite fixed camera at all times, but um, certainly an authored cinematic presentation that kind of um, places the angles of every location and every scene in a specific way to unsettle you and to create create atmosphere and I enjoyed it way more than I expected to. I thought I was going to have a good time, but I didn't expect to have such a rich time with it you know going through this story about uncovering the past traumas of this place that you're exploring looking for um someone who are, mm-hmm. i'll try not to spoil it as best i can here in the air like you said that's that gimmick of going into the spirit world with the second screen and kind of seeing a place as it is in the physical realm as opposed to this kind of weird purgatory hellscape with all of this mm-hmm. demonic um, imagery i thought it just kind of nailed its sense of atmosphere and managed to maintain it all the way through it reminded 
kind of be of the best parts of, you know, Until Dawn. Obviously, that's a very narrative-driven game with a lot of conversations. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite parts of Until Dawn were when you were just kind of given free reign to explore. And that did a similar thing with these semi-fixed camera angles that kind of authored your experience as you wandered these locations. And this did that um, incredibly similar. And it looks really gorgeous on next-gen machines as well, which definitely helped. Mm -hmm. Benro, you're a massive old-school Resident Evil fan. How did it grab you? I, I really like how Josh described the cameras because, like, obviously, it's one of his. It's it was first like, sort of innovated for one of his favorite Resident Evil games, Code Veronica X. Like how the <laughs> the camera would sort of like move with you, but also it's a big thing in the other Sun Hills when they mm -hmm. progress. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But um, yeah, it, for me, I think towards, I, I, maybe because I was playing late one, I, I think like one of the only grabs out of this game is that it was maybe like an hour and a half too long. Like sometimes when you're going through certain sections and like the, the insta-kill bits, um, maybe right. it's just me just getting used to it, that, that sort of thing in a game again. But uh, there were certain points was, yeah, when it was like a bit, felt a bit full on. I really enjoyed being stalked by uh, the goblin version of Troy Baker. Like, I was going to mention very, him, yeah. I yeah. think it's one of the most overlooked Troy Baker performances in his career. And Most people don't even recognize it's him and they probably won't read the credits, I guess. But yeah, like you just, that, that thing that he portrays is so, so creepy and gets down into you so much it, it did the sort of like the stalky protagonist best this year out of any game that has the stalky protagonist <laughs> uh what with um resident evil and like I, metro and even most of the um, resident evil i would say mm -hmm. but I, I just you're playing it and you're like oh god this is so close to sun hill man and like the rumors <laughs> that they might be on something like that and just 
I, I hope that it's, I mean, the Game Pass money did them enough and like it sold enough on PS5. But like, there's me, part of me thinking, do I just buy it again on PS5 because I like it so much? <laughs> and the a weird thing that it's a next gen only game was a nice, weird appreciation of it. Mm. But yeah, just it was so old school of like, say, how um, uh, the camera went, as just said, some of the puzzles and just some like the, you just need to experiment and go through and jumping into the spirit world added that just extra layer of, yeah, I'm in there, into it. Extra layer of fear, you might say. I wonder if yeah. they made this as a uh, proof of concept to show Konami or whoever that they could do a Silent Hill, because that is the the leading sort of rumor slash leak thing is that they're going to be doing the next thing, and the idea of rendering two environments at the same time is something that the Silent Hill IP like you could you could take that and run with it, and it would look kind of like the um, the literally Shadow, yeah, <laughs> like the way <laughs> the way that they did, it gets done in like the movie versions of Silent Hill or something like that. Um, but yeah, the medium proper old school uh, old school horror game, if you like corridor crawling horror it's a i would say it's a must play i think it's one of the best horror games of the year if not one of the best games of the year um overall um other thing down is not necessarily a slow burn horror at all but uh, benroy you put down aliens fire team elite which is a whole different type of horror dealing with swarms of xenomorphs coming at your face yeah it's just i mean like i i i maybe watched alien and aliens far too young as a kid so i'm (laughs) Whenever I go into a fresh xenomorph experience, I'm always going to be scared the first time around, mm-hmm. even with some of my friends in my ear. And then you get jumped on by the hunter version of the alien, like, oh, God, I'm dying. But um, yeah, if you want to play something with just some friends, I guess, I mean, you could play on your own, but the, the AI, AI is useless. That's probably I... one of the most scariest. Yeah. Don't the, the... recommend playing it on your own, Ben Roy. Don't even put that out <laughs> as an option. I tried to do that. Horrific, man. You get right to the end of the level, you die, you have to start again. Don't play it with don't play it on your own. Games need to stop pretending that four-person co-op stuff can be played solo. Because you just go down. Left, and left Dead could have, because Left 4 Dead had good AI that actually, mm. you know, you would get grabbed by something and they would snipe a shot sank with a bloody, I don't know, pistol from halfway across the map. But yeah, <laughs> the fire team elite AI was terrible. Bless this game, like there's less than 800 people playing it now, and I feel bad because it is one of the better, better horde shooters this year. I feel like it would have probably uh, benefit from like a game pass but alas it's probably gonna be dead in the ground in the next like six months or so it's but i think yeah. they do nail that like alien style like just you and you you and the boys like aiming down a corridor uh tons of xenomorphs coming on the walls and the floor and the ceiling and everything and trying to just take out as many as you can i think that was the one when we, when we all played it together that was the visual that stuck with me was like this is literally the movie visual it's the best aliens thing since like not not including isolation obviously mm. since like the ps1 or something like that or alien trilogy on the multiple ps1 things like that. yeah 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 it's um yeah aliens is like a, is recommendable if you've got enough friends to play it with it is quite repetitive but i think it nails like a part of the atmosphere it's, it's the other half of the aliens ip that isolation uh ticks the box for um next one down is one of josh's picks mundorn what the living hell yes. is mundorn i've briefly talked about this in podcasts before but this is a game experience that stayed with me all year it's like this folkloric um kind of puzzle game i suppose where you're this character who goes to mundon you go to this um, village because you're going to essentially bury your your grandpa your grandpa Hmm. has has died and you're going to his funeral but the priest is like you don't need to come it's not going to be an issue we're going to sort everything out don't bother coming to this place which obviously sets out sets off a lot of alarm bells you arrive there and you kind of have to uncover the mystery of this small village why there's kind of like some weird supernatural goings-ons and it has this like um art style this hand-drawn art style that is just so memorable and mm. conjures up so many different um 
intriguing visuals and scary visuals that, like I said, you know, it sticks with you for a long time. I think it was only, it was made primarily by one person who ended up um, having a bit more help towards the end of development. But the fact mm. that it's, it's kind of like just come out of nowhere and is, is available for anyone of this type of, oh, everyone who's a fan of this type of horror to jump on and kind of, you know, experience fresh, I think is, is awesome. It's just so unique, so different, so unlike, um, any other horror games that we've played because you know you, you you jump into the store now and there's a lot of horror games inspired by you know j-horror or whatever you know there's a lot of right. g- games inspired by um silent hill like we said you know a lot of um kind there's of text like chainsaw massacre gore horror yeah a lot of streamer stuff and this is very much different in that it's like a very european folkloric thing that still has jump scares like a couple that really petrified me but mm-hmm. ultimately it's just sort of like this slow burn um exploration game with little combat and little kind of uh gameplay i suppose you'd say there are puzzles there are some combat sections but mostly it's just about drinking in the environment exploring solving some puzzles and getting down to the bottom of the mystery which is just a a really fun thing to uncover as you go how long is it uh overall um, probably like six to eight hours ish. There are Beautiful. some optional things you can do. It's not doesn't overstay its welcome, but it's also not too short where you feel no. like, oh, I wish there was a bit more to it. It's surprisingly big considering, you know, the the budget of it. Right, right. It, it's also on sale, and I've just purchased it for eleven. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at this little goat, this little goat lad, and I was like, nah, yes. Well, this and is then, it. exactly what he thought. Not to spoil too many things, but you carry around a little goat head in your in your sack that talks to you now and again, which is always really fun. <laughs> like that thing in the Sam Raimi movie when the goat talks to it. I just had a flashback to that. Is no, that in From Hell? Isn't that That's a uh, Drag Me to Hell. It's drag really to similar hell? to that. I had It'll... the same reference point for that, Scott. It yeah. has that kind of like um, humor to it. I won't spoil um, too much of it now because I okay. really want better to play it, but it has that kind of like weird, you know, unnatural humor to it where it's like, oh, okay, suddenly, you know, this goat is talking to me and I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> but it doesn't make it any less scary. Like if you like stuff like Midsummer, I think you'd really uh, get a lot out of this. I've been bugging your friend and mine, Ash Milman, to play it all year mm. and I will make her cave at some point <laughs> I think this is another one of those games where you said it and I thought you were talking about something else like um the forgotten sea where I thought it was the sinking <laughs> sea and I was just like yeah yeah come just keep going for that so yeah it's downloading wherever I wherever I get to play that and for the forgotten sea we'll see but it looked I the, I mean, the only goat reference I have is from Apostle, where someone just throws a goat off the, off a boat into the ocean in the middle of the night. <laughs> I just think of that poor goat going, Meh! and it's like, yep. The best horror goat moments you totally missed. <laughs> but yeah, Mundorn sounds really promising. I was going to throw in as well. We didn't have it written down, but I know that you played it, Ben Rowe, because I just re-downloaded this. Doki Doki Liter- Literature Club. You oh, put yes. that this year because they did it. I didn't realize that that game was initially free. Um, came out a couple of years ago, was free. Then they did the uh, the Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, Plus, which is the one that they're charging for. It is on sale at the minute. I bought it last night. That game though has like it's like set itself up as like a really cutesy dating sim. And obviously not to go into spoilers, but there's a lot more going on in that game. Um, in regards to the choices that you make and the repercussions that they have, and characters who can become suicidal and stuff like that. Um, quick thoughts from you. I know you played through it earlier this year. Oh God! Um, yeah, I <laughs> play more than just let the text flow over you until you can, like. Mainly, the 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 play part of this is um, crafting poems to impress each one okay. of the um, f- uh, four schoolgirls that you are currently in school with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I for me it doesn't kick off until say like midway through when um, things start happening. But when when uh, Doki Doki 
uh, plays out its gimmick. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the gimmick of that and how it went to places and how on the PlayStation version they've crafted like a their own sort of like desktop computer. You can do with you can just do fun things like go into the user menus and go down file paths and alter okay. things and like it's just, it's, it's a weird, there's a cool meta game to it mm-hmm. which really worked for me it just um yeah and I, I i would just say even with knowing the twist when it comes up when um stuff comes around i was like yeah i like this <laughs> i just wanted to mention it because i feel like that game like everyone has heard of it likely seen some artwork from it and it just it, like i said it comes across like this super cutie dating thing but i know it has this like seedy other world like underbelly to it and i think that's kind of worth highlighting if we're talking about overlooked stuff in uh, 2021 um next game down um is a visage or visage or whatever the hell we want to call it the game that just had an enhanced edition with a whole bunch of visual upticks and everything available on series x right now um coming to playstation very soon it's a free upgrade if you already have the original version um benroy not benroy mr josh brown you love this game I do, and I've sneakily stuck it in because I didn't I didn't explicitly say this before we started recording, but it's mm. actually a 2019 video, 2019, 2020 video game. Oh, it is, it like is. Like you the said, enhanced just, one is now, yeah, though. It's just had the enhanced edition, and it's on Game Pass as well, so I hopefully don't have to try too hard to convince you to play it now. You can download it um, if you have that <laughs> service. Yeah, this is just like one of the best things I've played in years, man, and I, I'm, I'm very aware that I've mentioned it a lot, uh, and I'm trying not to oversell it, but I don't think I can, especially early on, because this impacted me on a scare factor just so well. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what it is, it's kind of like it starts initially like a PT clone. You wake up in this house, you wake up in this corridor, and you're in this first-person mode, and you're essentially moving around the house, trying to solve puzzles, trying to figure out what's going on. And it's split up into a bunch of different like short stories almost. They all center around this house, but you have different characters that you interact with that bring their own strand of horror to the forefront and i just think it's so visually interesting so well paced and so interesting with its um scares because you obviously have you know people under the bed people breathing down your neck but then you also break out of the house at times and you go into these more grand um psychedelic sort of scenarios that um move beyond what uh move move the game beyond its pt clone kind of um moniker that it's carrying around that they seem to nail, like you said, it's kind of like visual jump scares, almost like what was in like a recent example, Midnight Mass. There's a bit when a character goes to just mm. turn a light on, and there's a face at the window, and you you just kind of you react in the moment, and then everything just the scene just carries on. And it's like in this, I remember you shared a clip. It would have been last year, I think, of them. Um, you were just going up the stairs, flashlight out, and there was just a set of legs on the top of the stairs, uh, well, waiting for you at the top of the stairs. That's it. That's the the way it utilizes its scares. Like you'll have seen them in a lot of horror movies, but the fact that you're playing them, for instance, in that section Mm. you um, described there, it's actually a a flash camera. So all the lights go out, you have this um, flash camera and you need to take pictures to light your way. It's kind of like, you know, if you've seen lights out or something like that. Oh yeah, it's it's, like it's a technique that's been in a bunch of things. Mm. But the fact that you're in control, the fact that you're going back through this house that you've already been through, that you know where the scares are and you're having to illuminate the space by hitting this flash, which gives you a brief, you know, brief, look at the couple feet in front of you and you're not sure if anyone's going to be there you're not sure if it's going to have changed you know obviously the game is is great at kind of scripting it scares in a way that doesn't feel scripted that's the best thing i can say about it is that when i was going through nothing felt telegraphed obviously there are some big things that you can kind of tell are coming and that build the anticipation but when you're just walking around things will happen Mm. at the most unexpected time 
And that's why it remains scary because it's unpredictable in that way. Like you might be going through a room that you've been through 10 times and something will have changed. And you don't know why it's changed. You don't know whether it's changed for everyone. And that kind of sense of um, unpredictability, the sense that it's not scripted, the sense that each experience is your own. Like that's Mm -hmm. what made it such a special experience to me. I was going to say, does it feel like this is the PT that we never got? Like, is there a level of storytelling here that, or a level of like depth to what's going on that satisfies that side of it? Or is it more like the, the atmosphere, it's the tone, the reason to play it is because it is just a big old scare fest? Yeah, I think for me, it is just because it's a big old scare fest. There is a story there and the story certainly goes places and there's mm. like a mythology to piece together. That didn't come together in a necessarily satisfying way for me. And I think it, the last story does peter off a little bit, but... Overall, um, it's there if you want it, but it's for me, it was more of a crux to deliver the scares and to ground the scares in a certain believable context, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Benroy, will you be checking out Visage? It's on my want to playlist and it is uh, going to be downloaded to my Xbox after mm. this. That's, that's where I'm at. I played the original one and then I, for me, it was just too cheap feeling at the time. And I know that like that's sacrilege because you've shown me plenty of screenshots that show that it it looks gorgeous. I didn't see that. I saw blocky as hell stuff, but I want to love it. If, if JB says it's brilliant, I want to believe it's brilliant. Not in the regards to Returnal, but I want to get there with Visage. <laughs> and so um, I've also re-downloaded <sighs> it because it is on Game Pass, um, but I bought it on PlayStation. So I guess I'll be entitled to that too. But yeah, overall, a ton of stuff to go check out. Maybe a whole bunch of games from 2021 one that have been a bit missed out and that we'll probably shout out again near uh, the end of the year when we do a full-on wrap-up because there's a few more things to come between now and then. Uh, for now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. I can play these now that I've finished Far Cry 6. <laughs> He's finally free. And Josh Brown. I'm going to be really disappointed when Ben Roy doesn't like these games. I'll be crushed. <laughs> I'll probably not like them either. But also, <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>